I tell you what, as bad as it's getting around here, I'm just glad this is not my final destination. Amen. Say, what if we lose our homes? There's a home waiting in heaven. Hey, you ain't got to worry about taxes. You ain't got to worry about the economy. You ain't got to worry about a depression. No, no, it's going to be fine. Amen. Ephesians 2 and verse number 8. Verse number 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, not of yourselves. That's good news. That's good news. That means we don't have to do anything to get it. He done done it all. That's not good English, but you get what I'm saying. Amen? It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now read this with me. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto, what's that? Good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. In other words, we, he, he, he prepared us before he saved us to do what we're doing now. So I don't believe all that. I, I believe you got to get saved. Well, then, listen, why does the gang leader practice the gift of leadership for wrong things? Because God puts something in every human being to use for his glory. When the moment you come into this life, you already have it. He said he before planned. What, what are you saying? That meant God had a plan for you before you ever arrived on the planet. Say amen. Now watch this. Turn over to chapter 4 and verse 1. Chapter 4, verse 1. It says, it says this, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of, what's that word? A vocation wherewith ye are called. That means we all have a vocation. What's another word for vocation? A job. A job. Now it says this, it says with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit. Even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto, un, unto every one of us is given grace. How many of us? Everyone. Every one of us. Every single one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. We all have a gift to use. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse 11. And he gave some apostles... Some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. There's five-fold uh, uh, motivational gifts there, or service gifts, things that you can use to function, functional gifts, it's been called. Uh, what for? For this verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, which means completing. Say that word with me. It means completing. not perfect that you don't make mistakes. Say amen. amen. It means completing, maturing of the saints for, for the... The work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. This week, we're going to talk about the work of the ministry. Last week, we talked about the gifts that are delegated. God delegated out gifts to everyone so that they can do the work of the ministry. Today, we call that the goals that are designated. In other words, anytime, anytime that you have... Uh, a, a job, or you you are in a, an employer, or, or or a boss, or a manager of that sort. You put goals out there. This is what you want accomplished, and what you want to get done. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Well, God has that for us. God has given us things that He wants us to accomplish and get done, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Today's going to be a little more teachy than it is preachy, so uh, just bear with me. It's going to be very, very practical. I'm talking about this is going to be on the bottom shelf so everybody can understand it and get that and apply it to your life. So after you leave today and you decide I'm not going to get involved in anything, then it's on your head, not mine. Say amen. amen. 
Because everybody's going to understand it today. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer. Brother Donnie Lawrence, you say a word of prayer and ask the Lord to bless the service here today. Okay? Yes, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. God has explained, and, and we, have, we taught it last week, and I don't want to go too much into that because we don't have uh, all that much time today because uh, we've got a lot to cover, but, but God has showed us last week that we all have gifts. We all have gifts. If you, if you understand that, say amen. amen. Even if you don't believe you have them, you have them. I was, I was thinking about this week while I was preparing for this, and uh, I was thinking about the people that, that have, and they operate in those gifts, and they don't even realize they have them. They don't even know that they have them. I, 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 I thought about a person, and, and he, he may already know this, but, but I, uh, uh, Danny, I, I started thinking about you this week. I, 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 I remember when I first came to, uh, the, to this area, to Coleman, uh, I loved to coon hunt. Now, now, y'all know that, so that's not no big surprise. I, and I didn't know anybody. I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't even have a dog. I mean, I, I, and I missed it so bad. I'm telling you, I was, I was just like a little old whip puppy. And, that, and somebody told me about the Coleman Coon Club. I said, you can meet people over there, and, and, and they might, if you be real nice, they may take you coon hunting. So I was over there, and I mean sugar would drip off of my lips. Say amen. I wanted to go so bad. And, uh, and well, anyway, I started hanging out. I met some guys, and, 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 and Danny kind of took me under his wing and, and uh, uh, gave me a dog to hunt. His name was Amazing Nitwit. Say amen. <laughs> he was a great dog. Amen. I, matter of fact, last night, I was at the Coon Club with Wilt. We were talking, and I was looking on the board, and I seen the picture of me and Nitwit when we won our first coon hunt. Say amen right there. I was so proud. I was going to bring it, put it on the big screen. Amen. But it's something started dawning. So, preacher, get to the point. Here's the point. Uh, uh, Brother Danny took me, and, and he, I guarantee he may not even remember telling me this, but I remember the lessons I received in the woods. One night I came in, and I was, I was man, I was griping and complaining because somebody cheated me. And he did cheat, but, but I sat down, and Danny comes, sat down beside me. And he said, look, look, if you know the rules, it's impossible for you to be cheated. There is an, there is an antidote to every snake bite. You remember that? And then he said, then he said, we, we started going out in the, in the woods and he'd take me in the woods hunt. He said, the most important, the most important tool to training a dog is the leash. The leash. You gotta have the leash and it's very important. We went into that a little bit and never, ever, ever withdraw. I mean, all kind of things. All kind of things. And what was he doing? He was operating in the gift of teaching. He was sharing with me stuff. You say, well, I don't have anything to do with church. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make. You have gifts and you're using them, whether you're using them for God's glory or using them for secular purposes or, or use them. You've got them and you're using them. Why don't put them to use for God? Y'all with me? I, I remember one particular uh, situation. He, he said, don't ever withdraw because I got, I got angry and withdrew one time. Amen. Uh, uh, so he, he don't ever do that. Anything can happen. So the next time I was out, uh, I was way behind in points. I, me and, 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 and Rev's little mountain Jojo. Amen. We were out there and, 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 and we were, and we were so far behind in points. I made some uh, dumb calls and, and I messed it all up. And, 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 and I, I almost, and then it come back to my mind, professor Byram. Amen. Never withdraw. Anything can happen. In the, in the second half of the hunt, there, there, there's a rule that if the dogs go back to the same tree twice, they're scratched. Well, I'm so far behind in points, it's just there's no way I could win. But guess what happened? 
Three other dogs went back to the same tree twice. They got scratched, and I won, say amen. <laughs> now, that might not mean nothing to you, but that tickled the fire out of me. Now, why did that happen? Why did that happen? Because somebody exercised their gift of teaching and, and, and enjoyed doing that and sharing that and helping other people. I've seen him do that with Cody. I've seen him do it with Mark. Mark's learned things from that and different ones. And, and I was able to enjoy a sport because somebody operated in their gift. Does that make sense? Now, you all have one, whether it's the gift of teaching, whether it's the gift of exhortation, whether it's the gift of administration, you might can uh, do these things. There are places in this church right now you can put them to work. Now, here's what I want to talk about today. How many of y'all seen, how many of y'all seen the billboards, the posters in the back? Raise your hand. The rest of y'all are blind as a bat. Amen. All right, everybody turn around real quickly. Look to the back, all the way to the back, all the way to the back. See those billboards back there? How many of them? Count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven different divisions of teams. Now, here's what happens in church. Most people go to church, and this is what they think. Automatically, they think this. They think, well, church work, the work of the ministries, a Sunday school teacher, it's somebody that's up there leading the music or somebody that's up there. Well, I, I can't teach Sunday school and, and I, I don't, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, I can't carry a tune in a bucket and I, I can't, so I, I don't have anything to do. Oh, you're so wrong. You're so wrong. The work of the ministry is more than singing a song. It's more than teaching a Sunday school lesson. There's so much more to that. Matter of fact, we're going to go into detail about the work of the ministry, what we do here. God spoke to my heart and he said, look, I want you to go by each thing that we do and then give a biblical verse telling why we do what we do. So today we're going to talk about each one briefly. I know there's seven of them briefly. Amen. We're going to go through them quickly and I want to give you what we do, what we do in the biblical verse, the biblical basis for why we do it. Church, say amen. Amen. And in these, I want you to be thinking, I want you to be thinking through every one of these points. Which one of these does God want me involved in? Which one of these? Well, how do you know God wants me involved in? Because God gave us the seven, and God brought you here and put you here. And if God brought you and put you here, he wants you involved in one of them seven. Say amen. Amen. That's how God works, and he puts it together. I don't believe in accidents. I don't believe believe in accidents. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe God divinely brings people and places in. He brings the right people with the right gifts and the right talents and the right ability. And he matches them up and pairs them up so they can glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Say amen. Number one, what's the first, what's the first point, the first team? Now, now, all you team leaders, all you team leaders, if I, I didn't give the right uh, uh, sentence for your team, don't get angry. I just said what come to my mind. This is what I thought of when I thought of that team. The first team we see is outreach and mission. Say that with me. Say it again. Outreach and missions. Where do we get our biblical stand for outreach and missions? The Bible says in Mark 16... Mark 16, verse 15, this is missions. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What does that mean? We have a responsibility to Africa. We have a responsibility to Asia. We have a responsibility to Russia and India. We have a responsibility to Mexico and South America. Why? Because God gave us a divine mandate to preach the gospel to every creature. We have a responsibility not just to Coleman, not just to Alabama, not to the United States, but to the whole world. 
We have a responsibility to tell everybody about Jesus. We have a responsibility to tell everybody that there is hope. You don't have to believe in your pagan gods. It will get you nowhere. There is a God in heaven who loves you above all things. He loves you with every fiber of his being. And he's preparing you a home in heaven. And he's waiting on you to come to him. We have a mandate. We have a responsibility in that area. You say, well, I can't go to Zimbabwe. I can't go. I've got a job. I can't go to Nicaragua. That's right. But we can help those that are going. We can support those that are going. We can support those that God has called. And he's commissioned them and gifted them for that purpose. And I can't go. But I can help them get there with my prayers, with my finances, with my giving. I can help them meet the need. Church, say amen. And we can be involved in praying for them and supporting them. We have a team, Team 1, Outreach and Missions. We have broken that team up into three different divisions because it's so big and it's going to get bigger. we got the Evangelism Team, the uh, Outreach Events Team, and then the Missions Team. And we're going to talk about them in just a second. But where do you, where's your mandate for bringing them here? On the sign back there, it says, Bringing the people to the gospel and taking the gospel to the people. Two things. Missions is taking the gospel to the people, but outreach is bringing the people to the gospel. You say, do I have a responsibility to bring people to this church? You sure do. Where does that come from? Luke 14. Luke 14 verse 21 says this. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of his house being angry said to his servant, go out quickly. What word did you hear? just hear twice? From the verse I just read a while ago to here. Go. Say it with me. Go. All we want to do is sit. But the Bible says, go. It says in in, in the first one I read, go ye into all the world. The Bible says in Luke 14, 21, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city, bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And yet there is room. Watch this. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out in the highways and hedges. Say that with me. And compel them to come in that my house may be. My dad, he would always say when I was growing up in church, he'd always say that word compel means to hog time and bring them in. Amen. Now, I don't need nobody with ropes around their hands next Sunday. All right. But do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. Go wherever it takes. Say whatever it takes to get them to the gospel. What does that mean? God expects this house to be full. God expects this house to be full. You say, what have you done this week to make sure somebody's sitting beside you this week? Do you see? Ministry and the work of the ministry is not in the four walls of this building. We have a greater responsibility outside of these walls. This is not where the war is taking place. This is where we have R&R. This is where we come back to headquarters and we get our orders from the Lord. But out there is where we win the battle. Out there is where we serve the Lord. Out there is where we say, come on to the church. I want you to hear a preacher. Man, we have an exciting church. We have an awesome music ministry. We have, we have this and we have that. Hey, listen, come see what God can do for you. Amen. Are you excited about church? Are you excited about what God's doing for you? Are you excited about what you're doing? Well, I'm not excited. That's because you're doing nothing. 
If you ever get involved, that changes everything. Because when you're involved in it, you want people to know. What happens with the kids? They don't care nothing about a game until they're involved in it. And then when they're playing in, they want everybody to see it. Come watch me play. Here's what you need to do. Compel them to come in. Go out into the highways and hedges. You have friends. You have family. You have people at work. You have people at school. And God has given you a mandate to bring them into the house that it might be full. Church, say amen. Outreach and missions. That's where we got to go out and get them. That's the primary. One of the most important teams. They're all important. They're all important. But one of the most important is to go out and bring them in. Three, di- three different divisions. Evangelism. Brother Chris, if you'll stand your feet. Brother Chris is our, our, our director and leader of the evangelism team. That, in, that encases the altar team, those that win people to the gospel and share the gospel with people down here. The uh, hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Uh, uh, that is the, the team that, that meets every Friday and helps those that are addicted, helps those that are struggling with issues in their life that they can't win and they can't. And they come to support one another. Hurts, habits, and hang-ups every Friday night. Brother Greg and Miss Julie work in that department underneath Brother Chris. But then we have life recovery. That's the guys we pick up from the work release there at the jail. They're coming every week. Their families are coming every week. We're teaching them and helping them and feeding them. Are y'all with me? Listen, it's very important that we see that we're reaching out. We're not just sitting here saying, come, we're going to them. Why? Why? Look on your, look on your notes there. This is what I put. One sentence. I'll give you one sentence under each one. Outreach and missions is where we are touching our community. Touching our community. Say that with me. See, Jesus was an on-hand type person. He was willing to touch the leper. He was willing to touch the blind. He was willing, listen, to touch the, the, listen, the people that nobody else, the people with reputations. You know what? Something dawned on me. Something dawned on me this week. I was listening to a preacher and it clicked in my head. Do you know who the most comfortable who, who, the, who the, 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 the Pharisees and, or excuse me, the, 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 the tax collectors and the sinners, I mean, they all hung around Jesus. And it dawned on me, they were more comfortable around Christ than the religious crowd was. And I've heard it and I've even preached it and I'm ashamed to do it, but I preach it that bless God if sinners come in here and they're not uncomfortable and we're not doing our job. That's dumb. We need to make people, listen, they need to feel comfortable around us. They need to know that we care. They need to know that we love them. They need to know that we're not judgmental. No, we're not going to give in to sin. No, we're not going to condone anything. But we're going to love them right where they are. Are y'all with me? Touch our community. They don't need to just see us on this corner lot. They need to see us at Walmart. They need to see us on the corner helping people with their problems. They need to see us in the ghetto. They need to see us in the highways and the hedges touching our community. We are the body of Christ and our responsibility is out there with the needy. We're going in a couple weeks to, we're going in a couple weeks to, uh, 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 Birmingham and, and, and taking water and food and clothes. You see baskets, food baskets here, clothes that we're going to take and, and share with those that are broken, those that are needy. Why? We're the body of Christ. Outreach and missions is where we touch our community. What a great thing next week we're going to hear. When we touch 
our community, they don't see you and me. They see Christ. They see Christ. Church, say amen. amen. Number two, when the outreach team, and, and by the way, you say, what's this board up here? This is outreach events. We're, gonna, we, we're, we're planning four events every year, big events. We'll have one event every month, but four big events where we want to double our attendance that day. Where we want to go and, and invite every friend we have, every person we know that's unchurched that don't go to church, and we want them to come and hear the gospel. And we have a team, the outreach events team, that comes and gets together and plans those events. Brother Scott, he's over that. Brother Scott, if you'll stand, he's, he's over that, that division, that department. If that, if that strikes a, a light in your life and you'd like to help plan those type of events, see Brother Scott and he'll be glad to help you. Church, say amen. amen. But then we move to first impressions. Say amen. amen. Brother Dole, where are you at? You in the building? Brother Dole and Miss Barry. They're back there. Uh, just, just staying up there for me. How many of y'all, how many of y'all enjoy, how many of y'all enjoy them people greeting y'all at the door? Yeah. Isn't they great? Listen, yeah. You say, what's that all about? In, in, in the gifts class last Sunday afternoon, people that came in and took the gifts and passion survey, I asked them, I was just curious, I said, what, what made the biggest uh, impression on you? And, 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 and what, what was the first thing that stuck out in your mind? When you, the first time you come to Temple, and, and just about all of them, not all of them, but just about all of them said, boy, it was them people out there parking cars. It was them people greeting us at the foyer. It was them people that was out there. You know why? Because everybody needs a friend. Now watch what the Bible says. Watch what the Bible says. It says in Proverbs 18.24. Proverbs 18.24. A man that hath friends must show himself what? Friendly. friendly. And there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You say, what is, the, what is the sentence? What is the sentence that we're putting under this point? Write this down. Write this down. First impressions is where we are welcoming our new friends. You're not a visitor here. You're a new friend we haven't met yet. That's why we don't call you visitors. You're not a visitor. It's just the first time you've attended. And we hope it won't be the last time. Because this is a place where we want to be a friend. We don't want to be friendly. We don't want to just... Hey, everybody, every church in Coleman County says we're the friendliest church in Coleman. Now, there's some false advertising because they all can't be the friendliest one. Are y'all with me? And this is their definition of friendly. They'll meet you at the door. Good to have you. And they won't speak to you during the service. But after the service is over, come back and be with us now. Walmart does that. Amen. Am I right? Yes. Walmart has somebody right. They'll even give you a sticker. Amen. <laughs> come back and be with us now. Listen, that's not what people are looking for. People are looking for a real, sure enough, live person that cares about their problems. Somebody that's there to look at them and say, Hey, I want you here. We are glad that you're here. It tickles us to death that you pulled in our parking lot. Can we help you park? We know you got enough sense to park, but we just want to help you. We just want to be involved. We want to be a blessing. Man, we got to have a reason to wave our baton. Say amen. I know our parking lot's not that big. I know we could probably get away with it. But listen, it makes us feel good to help you out any way we can. (laughs) Say amen. We want friends. We want friends. We're not waiting on you to make the initiative. We want to take the initiative. 
We want you to know because ain't it weird when you go to new places? Don't know nobody? I wonder what they're thinking. How many of y'all have ever been to a brand new church you hadn't been to? Maybe you're on vacation. Some of y'all are here today. And I hope we hadn't been weird for you. Amen. It may be getting weirder by the moment. Amen. But you go to a new place, you know the feeling. You know, it, it, it's weird. I don't care where you go. It's weird. Even if, even if, you, even if you hadn't been, you've been there before, but you hadn't been there in a real long time, and you walk in, everybody's, oh, I hope I don't get in Sister Bertha's parking lot. And you walk in, and everybody's, man, went in church. Guy's up there preaching. He's just young Christian. I mean, he came out of a he came out of a show no shouting Baptist church, excited about God. I mean, didn't not didn't know a whole lot. He just knew he was on his way to hell. Now he's on his way to heaven. He couldn't help but get excited. That preacher said a good point. He said, "Amen." I'm, I'm talking about it, sh- it sent shockwaves through the building. <laughs> Shook up the preacher a little bit. He got his thoughts together and went back to preaching. And he said, "Glory to God." Usher, come over there. Said, boy, what's your problem? You keep interrupting the preacher. He said, I can't help it. I got religion. He said, well, you didn't get it here. Now hush. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. Amen. We don't want you to feel weird. We want people to, hey, first time, there's nothing that'll break the ice like a. I can't say nothing. Well, just smile. You ain't got to say nothing. There is something that breaks down all the defenses and just makes everybody feel better like a smile. Church, say amen. amen. We told Brother Dave, Brother Dave's back there on one of them, and uh, it's just showing this part right here. He's picking the guitar, and I said, now, if you'll smile a little more, we'll put your face on there next time. Amen. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I had to say that. All right. We're welcoming our new friends. First impressions is so important. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. And boy, we want to make a good first impression. Because there are people that are broken and hurting. There are people whose spouses have walked out on them. And they don't have nowhere else to turn. Maybe God can help them. And when they walk through that door, they need to say, hey, I care that you're here. We want you here. We are excited that you're here. You can sit anywhere you blessed well please. We want to park you in a good parking spot. We want you to know you're a priority to us. You're the one that's lost in the cold, and we'll leave the 90 and 9. We'll make them park in the back so you can park in the front. Say amen. Amen. You're important. We want to welcome our new friends. Church, say amen. Amen. Brother Dole, stand up one more time. If you'd like to help out with that, Brother Dole's the man. Miss Barry, she's probably already recruited you because she's recruited everybody in the country and other churches too. I don't know how she does it, but she... First impressions. Then, then when we come in the building, then when we come in the building, we have sights and sounds. Sights and sounds. How many of y'all are glad you can hear me? Isn't that great? Isn't it great to, that you can hear the choir and the volume and, and hear it clearly? How many of y'all enjoy the videos that we play? How many of y'all have still thought about that video, uh, listen, of the one where the man has got all the Jesus stuff, but he don't act like Jesus, and it's, it's useless? How many of y'all remember that? How many of y'all remember the one talking about the garage? Amen. Uh, all that, that's so enjoyable. It's so important nowadays. So I don't like all that stuff. I'm old-fashioned. I don't think that has a place in the house of God. That's why, that's why, that's the very reason why we're losing our young people. 
So I don't believe in all this newfangled technology. Well, well, air conditioning is newfangled, but we're not turning that off. Y'all with me? Here's the deal. You're young people. You're young people. They'll be... I, I was watching my daughter the other day. She had, she had a laptop watching Facebook, texting on the phone, and watching a TV show all at the same time. I'm talking about all at the same time and never missing a lick. I was watching her. She wasn't even looking at her phone doing this number here. It looked like a transformer. I said, you ain't even typing nothing. Yeah, you, how in the world are you typing something that fast? She showed me. I'm over here. And see, that's the generation we're trying to reach. And if you get up here, if you get up here with a monotone voice and get your Bible and turn with me. Man, they're going to turn over and go to sleep what they're going to do. We need to use every resource possible to keep their attention so they can hear about the greatest man ever to live. And we would be very, very ignorant and foolish if we didn't use everything at our disposal to make sure they hear the gospel. I'm not changing the gospel. It's the same Bible. I'm preaching out of the same Bible my granddaddy got saved out of. I'm preaching the same book, the same seed, the same word. We're just getting that out a little differently. Bless God, they used to plant seed with a, 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 a mule and a plow. Now they got John Deere Green. Say amen. With your theology, we need to go back to the mule and the plow, and you'll starve to death. Bless God, put the diesel in it and let it roll. Amen. We want to use everything. Give God praise this morning. Amen. Oh, oh, you said you said you was going to have a Bible verse. I got a Bible verse. I got a Bible verse. Romans 10. This is sights and sounds. This is, this is them guys up there on the shelf. Amen. They're so ugly, we can't put them in the general population. They're all... <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding, fellas. Amen. They'll turn me off right here in the middle. What verse do you have for that? Romans 10, 13. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? I got a Bible verse. Amen. They need to hear me. Sights and sounds. So important. So important that we use every opportunity we can to get the gospel to people. Brother Dustin, is he up there? I can't see. He's somewhere. He's down in another building helping them with the pastor's breakfast. Listen, if you'd like to be involved in that, you see Brother Dustin, he'd be glad to help you. If that's your kind of thing and knobs is your thing, you see him and it'll be a great blessing. Church, say amen. amen. Then, then we come to worship. Worship. Isn't worship so important? Worship is so important. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says in, in Psalms 100, Oh, I love this, this verse. Make a joyful... <laughs> we all got hopes. Amen. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Here it is, y'all. Here's, here's the key to this, this, this particular ministry. Read this with me. Come before His presence with... Say it again. One more time, real loud. Watch what it says in, in verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Now here's the deal. What, this, is, this is your sentence. This is your sentence. Uh, I didn't give you number three. I didn't give you number three. That's where we're bringing the gospel 
to life. Bringing the gospel to life through sound and video. But then, then the worship team. What are we doing there? We're encountering, encountering the presence of God. Some of y'all have played church most of your life. You've had an experience with God, but you've never had an encounter with God. The nation of Israel, they experienced God with the flies. They experienced God when the water was turned to blood. They experienced God with the locusts. They experienced God when the firstborn of all of Egypt died. Y'all with me? They had an experience with God. They knew something about him. They knew he was real. They knew what he could do. They seen what he could do. Watch this. Stay with me now. This is going to get a little deep. Go and swim. God led them out of Egypt after they experienced him. They experienced life. They experienced redemption. They experienced being set free. Say amen. amen. And God brought them all the way to Mount Sinai. And the Bible says God was up on that mountain with thunders and lightnings and smoke had filled the mountain. And the Bible says God led the people out to meet with God. And the word meet there means to encounter God. In other words, God is saying, I don't want to have a long distance relationship with you. It's not about just being saved. It's not about just knowing your name is in the Lamb's book of life. Stay with me now, people. Stay with me. He said, I want to have a close encounter with you. I want you to feel my presence. I want you to have a close, intimate walk and relationship with me. And the Bible said when they saw the thunder, when they saw the lightning, they were scared and they backed away. And they said, you go meet with him, but we'll stay here. You just come tell us what he said. Boy, we have an epidemic today. We have an epidemic today. God is wanting to meet with you. God is wanting a close relationship with you. But we don't want to do what it takes to get into his presence. And we'll say, preacher, you go up on the mountain and meet with him. Jalen, you go up on the mountain and meet with him. And you come sing. And you bless our hearts. You raise your hand. You worship. But let's leave us alone. We'll just enjoy you encountering. God said, that's not enough. I want you to encounter my power. I want you to encounter my presence. I want you to encounter everything about me. And worship is more than just having a routine. Worship is more than just singing a song out of a hymn. No, worship is about encountering the presence of God. I love having a church. When you walk in, you can feel it already. It's not about feelings. It's all about faith. But I'm glad when you get the right faith, you'll get some feeling. I love it. I love knowing that God is there. I love when we sing, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. We're not singing false advertising. I love going to a place where he shows up on a regular basis. I need a witness. I said I was going to be dignified. I was going to be teachy and not preachy, but I'm sweating already. How can you talk about his presence and not get excited? How can you talk about, listen, entering to his gates with praise? Why should I praise him? I'm saved and on my way to heaven. Why should I praise him? He saved me when I didn't deserve it. Why should I praise him? He's taking care of me. I have not missed a meal. God has taken care of me my whole life. Even in the desert places, I've found a puddle of water to drink out of. He has dug a well for me everywhere that I have been. I'm telling you, I love worshiping him. Give him praise, church. Come on, you want his presence. He says he encounters the praises of his people. Give him praise. It's more than that. 
We don't go, listen, on Sunday morning and try to find something to sing and get up there. No, we talk to God all week because God will tell us what we need to hear and what we need to play and what we need to sing because He wants to be here more than you want Him to be here. Why do you think He made you? He made you to walk with you and talk with you. He made you to have a relationship with you. He created Adam and Eve to love them and to Him love them back. And boy, there's nothing in this world, Sarge, there's nothing He loves more than when you love Him back. That one song, his favorite song of all, is the song of the redeemed. When we sing, we're thankful. I'm redeemed. My love divine. Glory, glory. Christ is mine. He loves to hear us sing. It excites him. Why do you think? Why do you think he got to jumping up and down in heaven, had an earthquake here on earth? Because at midnight, Paul and Silas begin to sing and praise unto him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't even want to move. Let's move on. I got a couple other points to preach. Amen. Worship is where we encounter God. All you choir people in here, you're not up there for decoration. You're not up there to sit like a knot on a log with your hands in your pockets and a dumb look on your face. That's my job. I've been working on my poker face, Sarge. I really have. Tammy, she'll get so mad at me because things will happen in front of me and my face reveals it and I try not to, but I can't help it. If you do something stupid, I'll say, I can't help it. It's just there. She says, don't do that. They'll know what you're thinking. I said, they're going to hear what I'm thinking in a minute. (laughs) We don't need that up there. Why? We're leading in worship. We're here to meet with God. You're not singing to them. You're singing to him. There's been a great change in revolution. I say revolution. That's a cool word. But where worship has turned from singing to you to singing to him. The songs that are being written today, it's about him. And you can preach against them all you want to. You can talk about them all you want to. But God's tickled his fire at them. Because he's getting the glory and not us. Worship, being in his presence. We encounter the presence of God. Well, how do you know if you get there? Well, you you ain't been there yet. Because if you ever do, you'll never forget it. And you'll never be happy without it. It's kind of like Briar's Vanilla and Hershey's Chocolate. Are y'all with me? I mean, are we bonding right now? You ever drip that Hershey's chocolate over that mound of Briar's Vanilla? It just ain't the same. Now, you'll eat Briar's Vanilla because Briar's Vanilla is good. And it's good, but it just ain't the same. You know, it's good to go to church. But it just ain't the same than when he's in the church. Amen? Yeah. Give him praise. Give him praise. Worship. See, we, we go out and we tell them, man, come see Jesus. Come meet. He's an awesome God. He loves you more. We go out and we reach them and, and we bring them in. And then, and then the first impression team wows the fire out of them and lets them know we're so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you're here. We're, we want to be your friend. Come on in. Come on in and have a place. And the sights and sounds, make sure everybody can hear me and, 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 and see the gospel come to life. And, and boy, the worship team gets up here and they do their thing and 
And, and the people that, that, that went out and reached him and said, come meet God. And they get to meet him. And they'll say, you know, there's something to that. That wasn't false advertising. They were right. Let me tell you something. It wasn't, it wasn't great preaching that saved my daddy. It was people worshiping. Because I asked him, I said, what did, what did Brother Willie preach on? He said, I don't have an idea. That's what he said. I don't have a clue. I don't know what he preached on. I said, what? He said, all I knew, when he got to the preacher around the front, you know the old-timey church when we come around, we shake their hands and everything? I said, old-timey church. That's, you know, smaller churches. We're able to do that then. It'd take us three days to do it in here. But it'd come around, he grabbed that preacher, and the preacher said, what do you want? He said, whatever y'all got. What was happening? They were worshiping. They were worshiping. Somebody had invited him. They were operating the outreach and mission. Didn't even know it. They invited him to come see. Come check out God. Well, then God was there. And he saw what they had and he wanted what they had. But then we move from worship to the hospitality team. Brother Johnny's down there in the pastor's breakfast uh, uh, teaching our, some of our new people uh, uh, all about that team. That's our care team. That's our care team. How many of y'all know that Job was right when he said, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of How many of y'all know he was right? Trouble everywhere. Difficulty everywhere. Well, here's, here's what we like to do. We have a card. I need Zeke, you mohawk wearing heathen. Amen. Bring that, bring that. Do you have one of the first time attender cars there? Run down here like, like, like you were born to run. Amen. It's all right. Your mom ain't going to whoop you. Hey, I said you could. He said, I'm going to get a whoop of a run at you. Thank you, my friend. How about this hairdo? Come on now. Yeah. Tyler, right here, son. Don't be looking around. Right here. We'll have a Mohawk club. I'll get one too. Amen. <laughs> Throw me a perm in it and curl it right on top. Hallelujah. Don't get no ideas. Amen. Well, Tammy's out of town. And she just got that LASIK surgery so she can really see now. She may really see what she married all these years. Lord, I better do something. Amen. First time attender prayer request card. So why do we do that? Because every person that walks through those doors, they have a need. They come with a problem. Well, how do you know? They could have come for the singing. They never heard it. Oh, they come for the preaching. No, no, they, they, they've never heard the preaching. Wasn't that that brought them? It was a problem. It was a need. Say that with me. It was a our motto in the hospitality team, in the care ministry, is this. Find a hurt and heal it. Find a need and fill it. Preacher, what are you saying? Watch this here. I got a Bible verse. I got a Bible verse. The Bible says, in Luke 10, 30, it says, And Jesus answered, and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. 
And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by the other side. What does that mean? A priest and a Levite means the law and religion. People are finding no hope in religious people. They're going to churches all over America that's cold, dead, and dying. And they're broken, they're hurting, they're needy. And listen, only place they can turn to is God, and they walk into some of these deep freezes. And there's a polar bear in the pulpit and penguins in the pews. People that only care about their own problems. People that only care about their own issues. Religion will do nothing for you. Religion will just make you self-righteous. Religion will make you judgmental. Religion will make you say, like the man in the temple, well, God, I'm glad I'm not like this one to come in. But watch what the Samaritan did. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him. He took the initiative, went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and say it with me, and... You have no idea how many people come in these doors wounded. Satan has destroyed their lives. Satan has done everything he could to harm them. And they don't need a judgmental Pharisee to sit on the other end of the pew and look at them like they're nobody. They don't need somebody to look at them and say, well, you don't have the clothes that I have on. You don't look like you. Man, you, are you sure you're going to church? Can I vent just a minute? It really irritates me. People that go by these self-righteous, fundamental, pharisaical churches and look their nose down at temple because everybody that comes in here don't look like, don't look like they're uh, 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 wearing a three-piece suit and, and, and a dress down to the ankle and say, well, look at them people. Boy, he don't preach on nothing over there. No, we just take anybody that'll come. Hey, if we don't have people that look like they've been on a three-day drunk, if we don't look like people, have people in here that looks like, uh, listen, they ain't got enough clothes on, cover good blue jays, say amen. amen. Then that means we're not doing our job. Amen. That means we're not going out and telling people that are broken that God can help them. We're supposed to go out and get everybody. I don't care what they look like because when they come in, they won't stay that way. God will help them. God will move on them. God will touch them and change them. I don't have to clean them and skin them. I just got to catch them. God didn't call me to skin nobody. He didn't get, listen, he just said, go be a fisher of men. And I'm telling you, I've got the bait. It's the gospel. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to beg for it. It said, whosoever will, let him come. So I'm telling you, I don't care what you got on your back. I don't care what you got on your feet. Whosoever will, let him come. I don't care what you got in your bank account. Whosoever will, let him come. I don't care what kind of car you drive. Whosoever will, let him come. I don't care what house you live in. Whosoever will, let him come. I don't care what you did on Friday night. Whosoever will. Let him come. You've got a burden. 
I've got a burden lifter. If you've got a problem, I've got a problem solver. If you have no peace in your heart, I have a peace speaker. He can do for you what nobody else can do for you. And I'm here to tell you, we want to pray for you. You write your problem down and we'll talk to a God who can. There is nothing impossible to God. My God can do anything. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Boy, I stayed up all night listening to preaching last night. I bet you can't tell. Oh, boy. He so boy, he'd break loose and preach a little while and sing a little while. I wish I could do that. I'm just the wrong color. Amen. I'm telling you, I was. I got shafted. Amen. I love that kind of worship. I do. That brother, he's in Decatur, Georgia, old-fashioned camp meeting. I mean, he had overalls on and everything. And he was singing about the old ship of Zion. And he'd preach a little while. He'd sing a little while. I said, oh, boy, I'd love to be right in the middle of that. I told you it's going to get weird in here. Amen. <laughs> we care about you. We really do. Every Wednesday, our, our staff will get together. And we'll go over every one of these prayer requests. And we'll beg God to meet your need. We'll beg God to give you that job you're looking for. We'll beg God to, for your husband to come back home. We'll beg God for your teenager to straighten out. Listen, we care. We know the devil's ruined. We know the devil's working. We know the devil's done all kind of... But we care. We care. Listen, if you want to help us care about people, see Brother Johnny. He's a great hospitality man. He's the leader. Him and Miss, Miss Sandra, I'm telling you, it makes a difference when people find that there's a place they can find help. Amen. Church, say amen. amen. Give the Lord praise and glory. Oh, we're on a roll. We're on number five. No, six. We're on number six. What is the hospitality team? What's the sentence that we put there? That's where miracles happen we've had people come back and say preacher we got the job we got the job people come back and said the cancer is gone the cancer is gone see that's what it's all about back in that hospitality room miracles take place that's where god we call it divine appointments let me put it this way that's where hurting people hook up with helping people and we all get to be happy people. Church, say amen. amen. Number six. Number six. Number six. That's our youth development team. Brother Kendrick, you and your wife stand up. She's your best half. Amen. She's why we keep him. Say amen. <laughs> what does that mean? It says in Psalm 78, Psalm 78, 1. Give ear, O oh my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Pop, you got this memorized, don't you? Sure does. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Watch this, y'all. Which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. His strength, his wonderful works that he has done. For he has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he says, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Read it with me. 
Read it with me. That the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare it them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. We don't know if we are successful by what our children do. We know we are successful by what they teach their children. What is youth development all about? It's about inspiring the next generation. Inspiring the next generation. Man, I don't want to win the whole world and my own kids don't go to church. Man, I don't want to spend my whole life preaching till the clothes rot off of my body and go all of, got, got a billion miles on my truck going everywhere preaching and lose my own family. I don't like all these changes. Well, that means you don't like young people. No, that's not what that means. It is what that means. Churches that are targeting between 18 and 35-year-old, basically really 18 to 25-year-old, are growing. If they're not, they're dying. They're dying. And here's what we do. We get so stuck in what we desire and what we want that we're not doing what pleases Him. Because God said, win them. Bring them in. Do whatever it takes to reach them. Paul said, I've become all things to all men that I might win one. I'll do whatever it takes. If it takes getting poor, I'll get poor. If it takes whatever it takes, I'll do whatever it takes. But we'll get so stuck in our tradition and our preferences and what we want that we're not willing to change anything to reach this next generation. I don't like all these videos. Kids do. I sure didn't like you getting up there looking like Rocky. The kids did. I kind of digged it myself. Honest before God. Honest to God. The couple in, in, the, in the pastor's breakfast right now, they joined last week. And this is her exact words. Said, we come, and boy, we love church. But then when you got up there like Rocky, I said, we got to join this church. <laughs> so if you don't like it, you're already here. We got one. Amen. That was her exact word. I'm telling you, her exact word. I thought, well, my mama won't give me a whooping, so I'm glad we got somebody happy. Amen. <laughs> of all services, mom sits on the front row. What's up with that, Jalen? <laughs> I've already got some plans. Oh, Clint Eastwood. Ooh. I know what I'm going to come out with a cigar too. I'm going to use a beef jerky. Say amen. (laughs) You're crazy like a fox. Amen. I want these young people to love to go to church. I haven't changed the Bible. I haven't disrespected God. God used illustrations all the time. He sure did. Listen, let's, let's, let's understand. I want these guys to become preachers. And missionaries. I want when I'm old and decrepit. Them to help me in. Because they're still here. I can't wait till I sit right here. I'm going to sit right on the front row. And root. So there's going to be a young guy in here. Could be one of these guys right here. Now think about this a minute. If God tarries is coming 20 years from now. 30 years from now. One of these guys right here might be up here preaching. Shucking the corn. 
sweating down to their socks. And I'm not going to be like Saul and throw spears at God's anointed because he's not wanting that next young generation to come up. No, sir, I'm going to be shouting. I'm telling you, I'm going to shout them down. Woo! Preach it, son, preach it. Why? These kids are important. Satan's after them. Now, listen, some of y'all in here, you know it. Because Satan's got a grip on some of your kids right now. Well, let me tell you something. There's hope for them, too. I don't care how old they are, and I don't care how far they are. They may be in the far country right now, spending their inheritance on riotous living. But the Bible said that prodigal, he come to his senses. You don't quit praying for them. You don't give up on them. You just keep talking to God about it. And your hands may be tied. And there may be nothing you can do. But I guarantee you, son, there's one that's with them every day. And he can bring them home. He can bring them home. Man, tell us all what's in youth development. There's all kind of divisions. We got Kids Corner that's going on right now. Then Techno Town coming. Isn't that cool? We'll start a, a, a junior church in the second service coming up just as quick as we can get that finished up there. Lights flashing everything. I mean, it's going to look like they're going up on the Batman ride. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I may go up it myself. What's the other one? Awana. In the, listen, our, our youth development in the afternoons, our Awana program is awesome, unbelievable. From 4.30 to 6, an hour and a half every Sunday afternoon. These kids coming up when it's through quoting verses like crazy. Well, how, well I tell you, what's that? Because see, one day when they turn 20, God's going to bring them and remind them of what they learned when they was three and four and five and six. What do you think is going to make that prodigal jump the, jump the rail and come home? It's what he learned back there. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. Don't mean he might not stray, but he'll remember it. And he'll come back to it. Church, say amen. amen. Lastly, lastly, what's the first team? The first team here at Temple. We have the outreach and missions team. Very important, man. We want you to be involved in it. Number two, we have the first impressions. Boy, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Number three, sights and sounds. Got to hear what we're saying. Want to see it and live in color. Number four, the worship team. Very, very important. Jalen, did I have you stand? Jay, go ahead and stand, Shorty. Come on. Ain't he handsome? Amen. Amen. Hey, he works. Well, Trainee, come on. You got to stand too. That's his, that's his better half. That's why we keep him. Amen. That's Miss Trina. They work and doing a great job with worship. Give the Lord praise for them being with us. Amen. Number four. And then, then number five. What's number five? Hospitality. Brother Johnny, I'd have him stand, but they're, they're teaching that down in the pastor's breakfast. And then number six. Youth development. Brother Kendrick, you see him. He'd love to have you. He'd love for you to be involved in that department. And then lastly, very, very important. And listen, last but not least for sure, it's our life groups. Our life groups. Listen, in the children's development is where we're inspiring the next generation, but in our life groups. Listen, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, real quick, 1 Corinthians 12. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same one for another. Watch this here. This is the most important verse. I want everybody to read together. Verse 26. Everybody read it with me. And whether one member, all, how many of them? 
all the members suffer with it. Now watch this. Or... Here's the deal. That's hard to do that with 600 people. Well, how do you know? Because they're half of y'all ain't even here yet. They're coming in 30 minutes. Are y'all with me? So it's hard to grow close relationships with 600 people. But it's not with 12. Listen, life groups is where we experience life together. We experience joy together. We experience, listen, uh, couples having babies and rejoicing together with that. We experience deaths in a family and we sorrow together with that. We hold each other. We, listen, we, we've had life groups that experience getting cancer. Listen, learning that they have this disease and what are we going to do And the life group come together so one's not crying by themselves, 12 are crying with them. Well, what good is that? I tell you what good it is. Sometimes, Dave, there ain't nothing you can say. There ain't nothing you can say. But just knowing that you're there crying with me is very important. You mean to tell me I need to be in a live group? Hello? Yes. It's critical. It's critical. Why? For you to get the care that you really need, you need to be in a life group. Because it's impossible for one man to meet all of y'all's needs. It's impossible for two or three on a staff. Say, well, you need to hire more staff. It wouldn't matter how much staff I hire. Five, ten, fifteen. Fifteen people can't do what six hundred can do for each other. And God never intended for 15 people to do it. God intended for 600 to do it for 600. God wants you to be in a life group. God wants you to be helped and help others. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. See, there's work to be done, people. The work of, well, I just, let me tell you the greatest misconception, then we're going to pray. The greatest misconception of a large church. The greatest misconception. Say that with me. The greatest. Say it with me. The greatest misconception of a large church. They've got plenty of help. Well, I need to go to a small church where I can be used. Are you kidding? I'm tired of hearing that, Brother O'Neill. You have no idea. We have openings right now. We're, we're, we're going to have a luncheon after the second service for our outreach and missions team. I guarantee we have 40 openings right now just for one team. That's not counting all the rest of them. There is so much that needs to be done. There is so much work that we need to get accomplished. There's so much that you need to be applying the gift that God has given you on one of those seven teams. Listen, the greatest misconception about a large church, oh, they've got plenty of help. When all reality, what happens is the majority of people think that. So the same smaller percentage of people have to do that much more work. Because the devil's telling everybody, oh, they've got plenty of help. They don't need you. Why would God bring you here if we didn't need you? God gifted you and then he placed you to be used for his glory. 
Church, say amen. amen. Father, in Jesus' name, help us today find the team that you would have us to be on. Father, I pray right now for those that are not saved, that don't